Snowball Spa. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. Good Thursday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. We've got all kinds of topics. NFL at the end of the show, trade deadline moves that were made. Who Did anybody improve themselves so much that it's going to make a difference uh, into the playoff run? Big games this week. Some, it's almost It almost feels like kind of a last stand for a few of these teams, even though it's just a halfway mark. Uh, some some teams that people thought were going to be pretty good are kind of in that situation where they need to start winning or they're going to fall so far behind that they're not going to be able to catch up. So we can talk NFL at uh, 9.30. Josh Schwicky coming on with us. Uh, he's up at the CBS Radio in Oklahoma City. He's been involved calling some uh, some high school football games, John Marshall in particular. So we'll see what uh, Swick has been doing uh, for the last, you know, heck, he graduated, what, in 2002 from here. Uh, catch up with Josh, and he can maybe give us a little insight into what John Marshall will bring tonight uh, against Elk City and a whole bunch of other stuff as well. So that's going to be fun there at 9.30. Also asking him about his uh, fantasy football game this past week. I happen to have a little insight into that. and it was a, it, I would call it a brutal loss. Um, <laughs> high school football. And you're going to treat our guests. I just about, listen, you're going to treat our guests like that. Going to bring up a brutal loss. I, I just it was. I was fascinated to watch that game, knowing how that fantasy football game was. So, just a little teaser. He was okay. playing. He was playing Will. Okay. Will was just barely ahead. Will had the Cleveland kicker, Cade York, and Nick Chubb. Swick had Joe Burrow. And Joe Mixon. Oh no! Still to play. So you think? And he and he needed how much to catch up? Not very many. Oh no! Just behind. Will had thrown in the towel until he didn't. That's a desperate feeling when you think you got it, and then you look. Oh, like he has these guys. Oh my gosh! Monday he's got night. Joe Burrow only threw for five hundred yards last week and like seventeen <laughs> touchdowns. Yeah, it was tough. It was a tough one. So uh, we'll ask him about that. <laughs> And all kinds of other oh, stuff. Dear. High school football tonight to Big Elks and John Marshall. 7 o'clock kick, 6.30 pregame for us on Big Elk TV and Cool 94. We'll go over some district scenarios. Uh, How much time do we have? Well, that's what <laughs> we'll have to be pretty concise with that. There's uh, one scenario I like. Elk there's, City already won the yeah, district. This game doesn't – I mean, it matters, <laughs> but it doesn't matter, right? That's the one scenario I like. Elk City has it in the back. You know uh, the, the district title. Think about the difference between right now and last year, Jared. As far as your and my stress levels going into the playoffs, never after never being at certain places. Yeah, and that's the a setup great point. and what's going on and the travel and right. Yeah. Hopefully, if things go well, this will be the start of three straight right here at Big Elk Stadium. Yes. Inside. Inside. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the forecast for next Friday? Uh, doesn't matter. We're inside. The bottom drops out of the temperature, at oh. least right now. Highs of like in the 
50s or low 40 or high 40s not spitting anything is it it's gonna be that nah, i haven't uh, seen that yet uh, cold we can deal with oh now it's de- back to 59 so uh, it's not too not horrible this morning it was like 51 for a high well it is november yeah eventually it's gonna cool i mean are off. you wearing shorts i, I, am I wearing contemplated shorts. wearing shorts because um i'm still waiting on my luggage to return from california i'm kind of stretched thin with my jeans i haven't done laundry lately <laughs> well it ended up in phoenix right yeah, it's in Phoenix. Oh, my God. I didn't tell you that story, did I? It is in Phoenix. They found it in Phoenix. They said, we'll ship it to you. They, um, and this is my fault. I gave them my wife's work address because they have a lot of stuff shipped that way. And I figured that if, and I wasn't sure if they needed to sign for it because it's a big luggage. So I think, okay, send it to right. her work. Someone's typically always there. They'll sign for it. Well, because I was uh, exhausted from traveling, I gave them the Elk City address with the Canute zip code. Oh. So I get a call from FedEx on Monday. Uh, we have a wrong address on this. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, what's the address? They tell me, oh, the zip code's wrong. It's actually 73644. Yes. Okay, well, that's fine, but uh, we can't change the address. Only the sender can change the address. So I'm scrambling to get Southwest on the phone. It took me an hour and a half to figure that one out. It was too late. It was already on its way back to Oklahoma City to the sender. It's a returning to sender. Oh, no. Uh, what a terrible a break scram- this is. And then, once after, and then they said, oh, I'll be two to four days before you can get it back. I was just wondering if they had just put it on the back of somebody that crossed the border there illegally. And he was <laughs> running this way. I mean, the, one of my options was I could have just taken a hundred dollar voucher towards a, a, a flight and just go pick it up from the airport but i had to do it you know that had been handy if we were headed to Taft right? stadium the, tonight and then i thought and I, I was going through my head well maybe could I have a buddy you know i got a buddy who lives in newcastle could he just come up and grab it for me but i bet you they'll say no it can only be the yeah probably the, so you know so i didn't even go that route but now i'm thinking man maybe i just should have driven there after work monday what did i have monday Oh, it was Halloween. Couldn't have done it. So I was, that'd just be easier just have them ship it to me. It's their fault. Have them ship it on their dime. And, uh, and then it's my fault I gave them the wrong. Anyway, I had all, I mean, just all my favorite clothes too, my favorite shirts and stuff. That's the way it always happens. You If you lose something or something gets lost, like in the, in the airlines, it's never the stuff you don't need or don't want. Mm-hmm. I, um, that's, I've never had this happen to me. Ever. Flying, traveling. I've always, I guess I've been lucky. I guess it's a matter of uh, uh, percentages. It's just going to happen eventually. So it happened to me. Well, hopefully. And it was my luck. It wasn't my kids. It wasn't my wife's. It was mine. Hopefully when you do get your luggage back, it's not the same looking bag with different contents like we saw in Meet the Parents. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I said it was a black bag. But- <laughs> yeah. That could uh, that might cause some consternation uh, with the wife. She opens that up. Hey, Jared, your luggage is here. What is this? <laughs> Why is it buzzing? Yeah. <laughs> Kids, go to the rooms. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> no wonder. Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> nah. Oh, feel free. Nah, I'm good. I'm a little worried. I don't have it locked up. I don't have the little locks on it. Anyone can get it, but they have to because they said we need to know three distinctive items in the bag in case the tags rip off we can look in and find those items so i told her and so i'm sure and tsa went through it on the way there right they did that an inspection on it 
Ah, uh, what a whirlwind. I just want my bag back. I just want my luggage back. Anywho. The Phillies just want their bats back. My goodness. After last night. I just kept night. waiting for their bats to come alive last night. Never happened. Astros win game four, five to nothing. Listen to this. You know, anytime you do something that's never happened in the history of Major League Baseball, good or bad, it's always like, I mean, it's hard to do that, right? I mean, it's hard to do something that hasn't happened in 150 years of a sport. But the Phillies did last night. Regular season or postseason, doesn't matter. They're the first team to hit five-plus home runs one game and then get no hit the next game. It's never happened, regular season or postseason. Uh, the Astros, Christian Javier was awesome uh, to start. Just fantastic. They showed that one that one uh, graphic as he was finishing the sixth inning. There was not a ground ball out. I don't know if I've ever seen that. It was either fly balls or strikeouts I didn't the, catch whole, that. the whole time. Nobody in the infield had made a play uh, until they went to the pin or maybe maybe his last out. Um, but, gosh, he, he was awesome. What was funny was I wasn't following the game, and I turned it on when I got home from my kids' practice. It was about the fifth inning, bottom of the fifth, and they and I, I didn't even have to listen. They showed him, and he was just sitting on the bench. Nobody was talking to him, and he was like he was looking <laughs> through a tunnel. And I knew what was going on. I didn't even have to look it up. When you know, you know, right? It's right. a baseball thing, you know. And I was like, oh, I think I know what's going on here. And then, and then, so what do you do? You don't talk about it, right? You don't talk about it. And then um, about 10 minutes later, my phone buzzes from ESPN. They're trying to jinx it. Saying, hey, they got no hit going. Anyways, continue your thought. Yeah, the big hit with Bregman, uh, the two-run double uh, there. In the, uh, yeah, that's scored. when it blew open there. Well, the they scored the all fifth. five. Yeah. yeah, the top of the fifth, they scored all T- five top, runs. Excuse me. Uh, they end up with five runs, ten hits. Uh, the Phillies, no hit. It's only the third um, no hitter slash perfect game in the history of the Major League Baseball playoffs. Of course, Don Larson's perfect game uh, way back uh, for the Yankees, and then Roy Halladay. Actually, it was kind of weird uh, with the, with the Phillies being the uh, the team that got no hit, and also they had a no hitter with Roy Halladay uh, back in uh, the early two thousands. So, uh, pretty amazing. Uh, the series has been fantastic. You know, uh, I, I think I saw last night. The Astros might be the first team in the World Series' history to have a five-run lead in three of the first four games. And considering they did that, they're only tied 2-2. You know, there's, I, I think you can make a case for either team to feel pretty good about being 2-2 right now. Yeah, yeah, you can. I, you got to feel really good if you're, if you're the Astros to go in there with Philly and, and split, right? And now, I mean, it's a, it's a new series, and they've retained that advantage. So I know that was the question. Who has that advantage now? I I, I feel like those cheaters do. Tonight does is that, does that give an opportunity for Verlander another? Verlander's going tonight. Tonight, okay, it's, yeah. Uh, I, Verlander. I couldn't remember the rotation. Verlander against Noah Syndergaard uh, is what I saw the pitching matchup tonight. That'll I be think fun. It, it feels to me like Game Six is going to tell the tale because that should be Framber Valdez against uh, Zach Wheeler. Well, I mean, you could say that about any series. Game Six is always, you know. Who, if they get to a game six, whoever wins, I mean, obviously. It'll be back in Houston. Yeah. It, so if it, it's not a, it, it's weird because you would think, series, what would you think as far as, all right, series tied in the World Series? And this actually goes back to, to 1985 with the NL and ALCSs became seven game series 
to to mirror the World Series. It happened that year. So from then on, when when those series have been tied two two, what do you think the percentage is of the Game Five winner winning the series? I would lean pretty high. Like how high? Uh, I'll go seventy plus, seventy percent plus. It's it's about two thirds. It's it's which I would have almost thought it had been higher. But that go that also goes to show you. I think if you look back at when it didn't happen, the other the, the team that lost Game Five had the pitching set where they wanted it to be, a la the two thousand one World Series when the Yankees swept through the three games in the middle, but then they had to go back to Arizona and face Schilling and Johnson. Mm-hmm. You know, so there, there's probably examples of of it being like that um, throughout Major League Baseball. I, I would have just assumed it was higher, but it's not, two-thirds. So it's not necessarily a must-win for either side. You'd probably, in my mind, lean a little bit more of Philly needing to win this one just because they're going back to Houston. But they do have Wheeler you know, ready to go in game six, which – He's been really hot during the playoffs, right? And so, you know, that's a that's going to be an interesting tonight. It's it would seem Verlander's got the big advantage, but you know he struggled a little bit too there uh, after after being staked to that five nothing lead in game one. So I, I don't know if anybody really does. And and I was especially compl- think about the, the the delay. Yeah, the one game delay well, kind of I mean, changed right things up a little bit. It also allowed for tonight to have. World Series and an undefeated NFL team playing in the same city, and what's crazy is they're both playing Houston. That's that is funny. <laughs> that's that's funny. That's gonna be that's gonna be kind of cool. I don't think that's ever happened. I know they touched on that last night too. Yeah, I don't know if the. I mean, advantages. <laughs> I, I lean towards Houston, and <laughs> here we go again. Direct text uh, to your phone, ripping well, Atha. The I question can't is, defend myself. Oh uh, well, the question after the cheater stab. Do you know what time the Rangers game starts tonight? (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's good. Well, I'd rather not be playing and not cheating. So, boy, not me. Give me the game and and just don't get caught. And questionable sticky stuff on my hand. Then yeah, okay. Don't get caught. That's all I got to tell you. (laughs) Man, the Phillies were relentless on. uh, Oh, what's his name? Oh, Shorty. Uh, Jose Altuve. uh, Altuve. Man, every time he. But he shut him up. I what is his third at bat? You got it, yeah. Hit yeah. one for five. It, you know, Pena. I think has been a guy that has burst onto the scene a little bit for the Astros uh, as a different, you know, the Carlos Correa replacement to fill to fill in those shoes as a rookie. He's been really good. Hit the hit the the home run that kind of sent him to the to the World Series against the Yanks. Uh, so it's it's been a really good series. I didn't think Philly had much for Houston to be honest with you, but they have. Um, and and Houston did something last night nobody's been able to do in this playoffs, and that is beat Philadelphia uh, on their home field. Uh, they were six and zero. Only eight teams had started six and zero in the playoffs in the history of Major League Baseball, and they actually were tied with the Twins of '87 for the biggest run differential in those first six wins. They were plus twenty seven, and to shut them out, no hit them in that stadium. Uh, last night that's uh that's well, a hell of a performance well, by the houston pitch especially staff. what happened on tuesday night right you know what philly did how how hot their bats got you know you had five home, home runs from five different players and then to turn around and do what they did last night that that is impressive and i'm with you i thought houston it would be like a I thought it was five. four one yeah you know, something like that but now i'm you know as a, a just a pure fan let's give me game give me seven games 
Right, that's what we want. And the obviously Philly has the local tie with Riamuto, and then also, you know, the guy that people love to hate is having one of the best playoff runs in in recent memory, and that's Bryce Harper. Yep, man, he's been awesome. It's almost like the fulfillment of everything that was supposed to be with him. We've actually kind of started to see a little bit in these playoffs. So that's it's been. There's a lots of storylines. It's fun. Mattress Mac. Was getting heckled after game three. Did you see that? Yeah. Boy, he was uh, not. He, he's he, not afraid to use the the, and he the was F-bomb. giving it right back. Hey, he was that old old sucker was just going right back at him. I think in a town like Philly, that's what you have to do to other fans, and then they'll you know they're like, all right, I gave it to him, he gave it to me, and we'll back off. You know, I like the bully. You, you can't. You yeah, can't just exactly. Bully you you bow up to the bully, and he usually right. backs down. I, I think Philly fans in. in I'm not, I mean, I've never. I mean, they boot Santa Claus for heaven's sakes. Yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll heckle anybody and they'll get in in your grill. You give it right back to them. It might be. It might turn into a beer with each other later down the road. You never know. <laughs> not know. not for you with a Philly fan. I don't know. If they, I don't know if Philly <laughs> fan has that in them. <laughs> you know, they grease up the the light poles and Absolutely. everything, and <laughs> so that they can't climb them and destroy the city. <laughs> I mean, think about there it. There might they, not be a Philadelphia left if the Eagles well, and the Phillies go and win this whole thing. I mean, I honestly, watch the Flyers go and do it. <laughs> honestly, Philadelphia, the, the city of Philadelphia ought to thank the Astros for winning last night because think about tonight. Yeah. If it was 3-1, Philly with their undefeated football team playing at the same time as maybe a World Series title. Oh, wow. Yeah. Whew. I don't think the the state of Pennsylvania might have just like sucked into the earth if if both of those teams would have won tonight in that situation. So way to go, Houston, for saving uh, the Liberty Bell. They might have saved the Liberty Bell and Independence Hall from just disappearing and vanishing off the face of the earth. Thank you, Houston. We don't get to say that very often to the Astros, but thank you. Thank you. You go ahead and say it. You're not there. I'm not there yet. At what point are you going to get over this? Uh, them cheating? Yeah, never. I mean, how long did it take? Uh, I mean, there's still. Listen, we we've dove into this, and we could go into it for another thirty minutes, but we don't have the time. But it, some fans have never returned from the '94 strike. There's some fans that 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 you know, it's baseball. It's pure, and they were so distraught with that and they never forgave it and i'm not saying i'm that fan that's going to walk away from the game because a team cheated and here they are back in the world series but it's gonna be hard it's hard for me to let that go when there's so much evidence that they clearly cheated and again and i said this over i was saying this and watching the game one and you you agree with me they didn't have to cheat. No, no, they and didn't. That's what's so frustrating to me. It was it's not a Rangers versus Astros thing for me and AL West, whatever. It's just the fact that they did not have to cheat. So here's a question. <clears throat> they were good. Why doesn't say the Boston Red Sox of twenty eighteen, why don't they have the scarlet letter upon them the same way that Houston does? It's true. It feels like everybody forgave Alex Cora and the Red Sox for cheating. That's true. And, yeah, they don't and, talk about that a lot. No, that's true. It's just the it's just the Astros, and I think we'd be pretty naive to sit here and believe that Houston was the only one doing this stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But they got there is uh, 
They got caught. And well, I, the, the ultimate thing, though. Red Sox got caught, too. Yeah, I know. But the ultimate thing was, the you mentioned Red Sox were good. I mean, they're, They won the World Series. They're perennial, perennial contenders. And, and there's Houston. It's just the ultimate thing. It's just the cheating and, and the message it sends. It, it, you know, I'm talking about the kids who watch this game and, and they see it and like, oh man, even the big leaguers are pounding trash cans to steal signs and wearing wires and whatnot. Just sticks with me a little bit. I like that's why we love baseball, America's pastime, right? Great pastime. We love the purity of the game, and when it's tampered with, it sticks with me. I'm yeah. not going to go away from the game. I just think it's weird. I just, I just think it's weird that Houston has to carry the whole stigma mm-hmm. when other teams were doing this. And other Maybe teams got like a, caught doing this. Yeah, same yeah. Thing. Maybe it was a final straw type situation. I don't know. So, anyhow. Anyhow. It's a, it's, great, it's a great World Series that nobody's watching. I had a text last night that I'm going to bring up tomorrow. Uh, because I think that our you know our normal Friday guest will enjoy what I discovered and what one of my buddies discovered last night looking for just the score of the game when we weren't able to sit down in front of a TV. Well, and how ridiculous, how hard it was. I to blame find a little score. bit on ESPN because you, you're right. You can go to their app or their website, and it's not even on the front page. The, the score, even the active game, there's nothing on there. It's because they're not broadcasting it. So they act like they don't care. If you call, call yourself the worldwide leader, then, then cover the worldwide of, uh, sports. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And that's uh, – I kind of blame them. You know, you want to save the game, then then help propel it. Help help cover it. Right. Sorry mentioned- you didn't – you're not covering it. Okay. Did I mention this on air or was it – And they're going to do the same thing. And I know you don't like soccer, but they're going to do the same thing to the World Cup because Fox has it and they don't. And you won't hear anything about it on ESPN. No, they're too busy with some other stuff. Uh, did, you, did you know who you know who was there last night? At the game? Yeah. No. Dr. Jill Biden. Was that who I saw when they're doing the stand-up thing? No, it was a little bit later. And a really cool moment there um, – Trey Mancini, when they were the the cancer and had a name, did you notice what his name was? See, I did. Ryan Miner. I didn't know that. I didn't know this. That Ryan had cancer. I guess I never knew that. And it was this weekend, sometime that it was, or maybe the end of the week last week. Yeah, that he's stage four colon cancer. One of the legends of Western Oklahoma. Darn man, I saw the name and I thought it might be a different Ryan Miner. No, oh, it's man. that Ryan Miner. Prayers out to him. Prayers out to him. Yeah, no doubt about I it. I didn't know that. Yeah, so Trey Mancini was the one. Of course, I think, uh, if I remember right, Ryan, was he uh, maybe either the Orioles or I can't remember if he was ever kind of coaching in that Astros organization. I know I'm about to get a text whether or not the answer to that is yes or no. But um, So that was that was really kind of really touching. Yeah. So I know there's a lot of a lot of stuff going around about that and trying to I did not know that. that, and I saw that last, and I thought, what are the odds that – his name in baseball. I mean, maybe it's another Ryan Minor, but yeah. I, I did not know that. Not that, that one. Well, we'll pray. Pray for him. Pleased to be joined now uh, by a man doing some radio stuff in Oklahoma City, uh, 2002, if I remember right. Graduate of Elk City High School. It is Mr. Josh Swicky. What's up, Swick? Well, well, it says we're on. 
Uh oh, it went completely away, Jared. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let me look. I'm serious. Something came undone. Oh, there it goes. Are we back there? Oh, there we go. There we go. Swick, you there? Yeah, I'm here. All right, man. Our, I thought our piece of equipment went away on <laughs> I thought us. That was it. I, I did. I, no thought, more, I thought we were going to have to bury the, no more call-ins. <laughs> bury the box. <laughs> oh, hey, man, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. I'm doing really well. You know, I'm down here in Oklahoma City and uh, preparing for tonight's uh, football games. just seems like everybody is switching up their games from Friday to Thursday based on the weather. All right, so 2002, you were a graduate here, correct? Is that, does that That's right? right. That's yeah. correct. All right, I can remember a little bit of stuff. Shout out to the O2 class. Yeah, Jared here. Jared Eighth is an O2 guy from Clinton uh, that's on here with us. Uh, just tell us about your journey from there. Uh, what did you do college-wise, and then how did you get yourself uh, into the position that you are up there at the CBS affiliate in Oklahoma City? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I graduated in O2, then I went to Southwestern Oklahoma State, and uh, in 2006, I moved up here or down here to the Oklahoma City area and got an internship with a broadcasting company, Perry Publishing and Broadcasting. And uh, by the end of the year, I was calling my first ever football game, and it was the Soul Bowl <laughs> between Millwood and Douglas. It was a, an amazing experience, and I was hooked ever since. And so, uh, you know, from there, I've, I've done sports radio on and off ever since. And I uh, started working for CBS Sports Radio, 105.3 FM here in Oklahoma City. Uh, about a year and a half ago, I jumped, uh, jumped on there. And they gave me my own morning show called The Morning Rush from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. here in Oklahoma City. And uh, I just really enjoy doing sports radio, and I, I enjoy what you guys do, and I tune into the podcast and uh, check you guys out from time to time. But uh, a huge inspiration for me was Sean Wilson and Justin Ettinger. You know, mm-hmm. they, they've been uh, a huge mentor to me. And uh, without those guys, I, I don't know if I'd be in, in sports broadcasting because at a, at a young age I – I would talk with Sean Wilson, and he's been doing it so long. He inspired me uh, to get in the business and uh, to be where I'm at today. So I'm really appreciative of, of those guys. We need to lock the door. He's about to, he's <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I mean, you know how I know he's not listening right now? He's not busting down the door to, to, to come in here and start talking. <laughs> uh, so, so you mentioned starting with, with the game. So you started calling the games, and then obviously that's worked into what it is now with having a show. Which one of those do you enjoy the most, uh, talking in the morning or actually being out on, on, on assignment calling those games? You know, probably on assignment, probably doing the play-by-play for, for you know, different schools uh, down here in the Oklahoma City area. I've uh, been doing Edmond schools, different, different Edmond area schools, Edmond Santa Fe, Memorial, North, uh, and then this year we kind of made a deal with the Oklahoma City Public Schools, so... Uh, I've done several John Marshall football mm-hmm. games this year, and John Marshall's record really hasn't been good. And so they kind of switched me over to uh, Southeast uh, on the 5A level, and they've got a winning record, but we'll see uh, what they do tonight. But, yeah, yeah. so I've got a, a lot of experience here in the Oklahoma City area uh, when it comes to high school football. And one thing that I really appreciate is, just the support that the community of Elk City gives their football teams and other small towns like that. You know, there's not as much support 
here in the Oklahoma City area uh, because there's so many high schools and, and people aren't as passionate about it. Uh, so that's why I do have an appreciation for some of the smaller schools outside of the Oklahoma City area, like Elk City, where the whole town you know, comes out and supports the football team, and it just seems like it's, it's you know, cared for a, a little bit more. You know, the, the fan base is a little bit more passionate. So I definitely appreciate, you know, the support that Elk City gives to the Elk City football team and, and other teams like it. So uh, that's that's what I've been up to the past few years. Yeah, that, that support, <laughs> that's just uh, that's the norm for us. I mean, me and Aaron, right. we, you know, Aaron growing up in Elk, me over in Clinton, that's just normal. And I always found it shocking, just radio talk here, I always thought every football team had a radio crew with them everywhere you went, Elk, Clinton, Weatherford, whoever. I, I found it shocking when I would find out that larger schools in Oklahoma City didn't have that. It was more like a game of the week situation. And, and then, you know, then you go to those schools and, you know, there's more fans on the visitor side than the home side sometimes. It, it always blew my mind. So do you follow the Elks? Have you been uh, following them the last few years? Oh, absolutely, especially this year. I mean, I'm, I've been impressed with what Zach Maynard is doing and, you know, I'm uh, I'm good friends with assistant coach with Johnny Eastham and uh, athletic director Brian Hunt. I played football for him, so uh, I've been very impressed with what the Elks have, have accomplished so far this year. I know there's still work to be done, uh, but I have just you know been a big fan. Obviously, it's my alma mater, uh, but at the same time, outside looking in, uh, I've been really impressed with the year that they've had and then the record that they've had and. In some of those games, they've really been dominant. And, uh, yeah, that's, it's been very impressive. But, I mean, to piggyback off what you were saying, I've called a couple Bishop McGinnis football games this year. They don't even have a broadcast crew. Yeah. And, and I was shocked to see that as well. They, they stopped doing their own broadcast, I think, in, during COVID in 2020, and they haven't picked up anybody else. So you're exactly right. The, the love uh, is is pretty impressive when it comes to those smaller schools like Clinton and Elk City and Weatherford. And uh, you'll have some pretty good programs up here in the city that don't get the support that they deserve and, and give those players the recognition and the spotlight that they that they need to have. We're hanging out here uh, with Josh Swicky. He's Oklahoma City CBS affiliate 105.3. He has done, as you mentioned, a couple of the John Marshall games early on. Tell us a little bit about the Bears. Uh, look to me like huge up front, athletic on the outside. Uh, so tell us about John Marshall's team. Yeah, well, they've got a really good coach, Chris Barris. He's, he's a great man. He's a great coach. He's in his first year. So he's trying to rebuild that program, uh, establish a winning culture, but it's going to take some time. I mean, the record's not great. They're two and seven, but they do have a few talented athletes that have really big play potential. Well, I think the strength for John Marshall is their skill position players. If if those guys get the football in open space, they're really hard to tackle. They're really fast. They have a lot of athleticism. Uh, look out for number one, Dorian Middleton. He is electric, he is fast, and he's shifty. So uh, he's a playmaker, and he'll play a little quarterback. He'll play wide receiver, running back. They'll move different quarterbacks in and out. You may see Davian Taylor, uh, number three. Uh, he'll play a little bit of everything as well. So uh, it's kind of different week to week. Um, so I think that's the strength of their team is their skill position players, and the Elks are really going to have to be disciplined and, and be 
really good fundamentally at tackling. Uh, one thing I do think the Elk City Elks are better at is in the trenches, and that's that's a really important thing. Uh, Elk City's uh, more aggressive; they're tougher. You know, John Marshall's got some bigger players, but you can wear them down, and and I think that's where the Elks kind of stand out. And uh, so we'll see what happens tonight. But uh, you know, John Marshall has some work to do, um, but they have the potential to you know make a big play at any point in the game, at any point on the field, and and score some points. So uh, the Elk City Elks are, are going to be ha- you know going to have to be disciplined in in that that way, shape, and form, especially a defense. Uh, how about John Marshall's defense? Uh, sounds like they've got a lot of skill guys on the offensive side. Uh, how do they look defensively? Well, I think Elk City's going to be able to run the football on them. That's one thing I feel pretty confident about. If if they can establish the line of scrimmage and just move the chain, sustain drive via the run, uh, I think that they'll be able to have you know more time in terms of time of possession which then keeps the offense of John Marshall off the field uh, and limit their opportunities to score points. So uh, I want to see Elk City really establish the line of scrimmage, get the running game going. Um, you know, I, I'm sure they can pass uh, a little bit. I'm, I'm sure, you know, Coach Maynard will have some pass plays drawn up and probably be successful. But, uh, again, you got to play into their weaknesses and, and take advantage of that. And I think the disadvantage for John Marshall is up front on the line of scrimmage. Uh, hanging out with Josh Swicky. All right, man. I, I saw your, uh, your your call. You mentioned doing some Southeast games. Uh, take us through uh, the final play when when Cash was up there at Southeast. <laughs> Just what a what a crazy way for a game uh, to end. Yeah, and that was the week before Elk City played Cash, <laughs> right. if I remember correctly. Yeah, that was an amazing game and uh i honestly i did not expect it so you, you'll see clips uh, of uh of video and you'll hear the you know a replay of the call that i made uh, on the final play it was they were on the 45 yard line i think there's one second left it's like fourth and nine but at that point they were down by four i think if i remember correctly and uh quarterback michael graham throws it into the end zone, kind of a Hail Mary play, and I just didn't expect it. I, ne- I did not have any faith whatsoever in Southeast, and somehow, some way, Rodney Fields of Southeast came up with the football and scored the winning touchdown uh, with, with time expired, and I lost it. I just <laughs> freaked out. I, that was the furthest thing that I could you know, think happening, and it ended up happening. Uh, so that was that was probably the most exciting game of the year. Was that the most exciting play you've called, or as, does do any other plays come to mind that uh, that you've seen? Yeah, I, I did. I did the state championship in in Class Four A at Boone Pickens Stadium. I think it was 2012, and it was between Douglas and Wagner, and that game went into overtime, and it may have been double overtime. I'll have to look it up, but. Uh, yeah, Douglas ran a halfback pass, and the halfback threw it right into double coverage, and the, the player caught it for a touchdown, winning touchdown in overtime on a halfback pass to win the state championship game. I would probably say that was uh, that was a, a little bit bigger call. But the Southeast game that, that happened this year, I mean, that's that's up there. That's up there. 
All right, now th- that's all the good stuff. Uh, I, I promised uh, that. Uh, well, it's kind of my brother-in-law now in life. Uh, we talk about what happened on Monday in your your fantasy football league. You're still you're still attached out here with a bunch of guys that that everybody knows. And uh, man, oh, oh, just a brutal beat for you, Swick. You had just a very small deficit going into that Monday night game. You've got Burrow and Mixon playing. Will Malloy's got a kicker and only Nick Chubb. It didn't go your way, though. No, it didn't. And uh, I can't wait to find Will Malloy. And, uh, if he's listening, I'm, I will be finding him. And I think we meet later on in the season, so I'll be able to, to pay him back the right way. But, yeah, that and, – and is Will considered a, a great sports mind? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he is. But he got lucky – on that deal and i felt really confident going into monday night but uh he he destroyed my dreams so way to go will <laughs> and i'll take that on the chin congratulations but payback's coming well, i tried coming. to tell aaron not let's not make our guests mad so thanks for being on with us for this only time because <laughs> he's not going to come back uh, no, no, now no, no. Aaron. No, here, here's the thing <laughs> every time we have him back you're going to rip him on his fantasy football as, no as soon as we get <laughs> off here i'll just text swick uh will's home address and <laughs> it'll be just fine I, I happen to know that as well yeah. and then after after whatever happens happens we can all just meet and have have a cold one after it's over yeah, we'll or whatever. Friends, yeah. yeah absolutely i look forward to that have a pizza and a beer hey where are you going to be tonight I know because of the move, the the schedule change, uh, you're not going to be able to come out here and, and do that John Marshall Elk City game. But where are you going to be tonight? By the way, do, can we get that, that spotting yeah, board? Southeast Lawton Eisenhower <laughs> is what I'm doing tonight, uh, and yeah, so that that's that's where I'll be. And it's you know the last week of the regular season. I can't wait for playoffs. I mean, Class Four A is really competitive. I think that the Elks have a really good shot at making a run at the gold ball. I, I really do. They, they, their record speaks for itself. Um, but they've, they've competed at a high level and done they, – they're good in all the right places. And uh, I, I think Zach Maynard has just done a terrific job there. And uh, the athletic director, Brian Hunt, does a tremendous job as well. And uh, I'm just really, really happy to see Oak City uh, play well this year. And, uh, you know, hopefully it works out, but I think it's going to be a tough road ahead. But they have the talent that, that, that you got to have to compete for a state championship. So uh, the, this playoff season will be very, very interesting to follow along. Where will you, will you continue to go out uh, throughout the playoffs? And is that just kind of a matchup-based thing from week to week where you might be uh, all the way to uh, UCO? In December, yeah. So it's it's a little bit different here in the Oklahoma City area. We we, we make our contracts through the districts, not per team. Okay. Um, Southeast has the better record, so that's where they want me broadcasting is is the better games. Um, but if if there's some Oklahoma City area schools that do make a run in the playoffs, uh, then I'll uh, I'll be I'll be calling it. But it just kind of depends on where everybody is and the schedule and how many teams from the district make the playoffs and that sort of thing. So the schedule is to be determined, but I'm sure I'll be in the mix somewhere, some way, calling some football games. And outstanding. Uh, really appreciate your time, Swick. I hate that you're not going to be able to come out tonight uh, and the game got changed, but I bet we might cross paths at some point here in the football playoffs. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. I have a bunch of people texting us in. Uh, glad, to, glad to hear you uh, here on the airwaves out in Elk City. 
Well, I appreciate it, Skinny. I've been wanting to get on your show for a long time, so I, I'm glad you you hit me up and uh, you know put me on the air. And uh, I just uh, I'm a, I'm appreciative of everything you guys do. And uh, congratulations to the Elk City Elks for for all the success that they've had this season so far. And hopefully, they have a bunch of success in the future. And uh, we'll see what happens uh, throughout the playoffs. I'm excited. All right, man. We'll do it again uh, as the playoffs get rolling. Awesome. Appreciate it, Skinny. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it, Josh. That is Josh Wickey. CBS, Oklahoma City, hanging out with us here. Uh, Unfortunately, won't be here tonight with the John Marshall game, but uh, really good stuff. And there's some trash talk on the uh, text line. I saw that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I guess Will's listening. He's listening. All right. We're going to step aside when we come back. We'll wrap it up with some high school football, some NFL as well. It's been the Skinny on – it is the Skinny on Sports. It is still. It is still for another 10 minutes. Man, thanks again uh, to Josh Swickey for joining us uh, here to talk a little uh, high school football. And, you know, we were talking off air, Jared. Uh, he, he gets to see things that we don't as far as a lot of the teams in that Oklahoma City area. Uh, so that's that's going to be a valuable we need a valuable tool, valuable asset that we need to continue to to use. Um, really good stuff. Yep. Really good stuff. Will's talking trash on the on the text line. Not good. We should have never. You were <laughs> we right. Should have never brought it up. You're t- right. We should have never opened that can of worms. <laughs> Sam Green's probably right. Sean's head just exploded uh, when. <laughs> Swick was giving him all kinds of credit. It's going to look weird when he doesn't have a head or a hand. <laughs> wow. It's a little late for that Halloween costume, isn't it? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So we got six minutes to fill, and um, you're going down a path. I don't want to go down anywhere with you. <laughs> if you're looking for an easy hundred, that's a that's a way to win a contest. <laughs> Halloween contest, costume contest. <laughs> Dakota doesn't have much faith in the Phillies after last night being no hit in game four. I mean, it's going to leave a sour taste in your mouth, sure. But, but baseball's a funny sport. We're, I mean, I, that's why I love baseball. Well, who would have you, ever you thought that he got no hit after hitting five exactly. home runs the night before? And then you can easily see him turn around and doing it again. Yeah, the five run or five home run situation. So you, it's hard to keep a good team down. This is why they're at the World Series. I just don't think that one game determines the entire series. No, each thing is kind of its own entity, right? Obviously, uh, that you, you know what didn't carry over, Jared. What's that? That magical force that you call momentum. What happened to momentum from game three to four? It's true. Did it not get on the bus? I guess not. I guess it had too much fun the night before. Might have. All right, what do you want to talk about next? You want to go? Well, big game tonight. Big game. I mean, I know. High is, is it a big game? Sure. Kind of, you know, it's the biggest game of the season. Kind of what uh, Coach, the one Coach Eastman tonight? said, and he was re- relaying what Maynard said, is uh, each game is bigger than the last. And, yes, win or loss, it doesn't change anything. Oak is still the district champs. They still host playoff games, all that. But, man, you really don't want to go into the playoffs – coming off a loss you really want to wrap up this district perfect yeah there's a lot of things to play you know, for, for sen- sure. senior night they want to in the regular season on a Ooh. with a win on senior night i think that has more uh, almost more importance than on homecoming night so yeah big game and i tell you john marshall they have some athletes i'm telling you that's the truth like you said it and I, we knew that going in too we they got some dudes 
It's when you turn on and watch them, it feels like every game they're running a kickoff back for a touchdown, special teams wise. Now it might happen to them. Last week it, they ran one back on Weatherford, and then Weatherford returned the favor, ran one back on them. Uh, but those are you, you cannot relax because he was exactly right with with the speed and the athleticism that they have on the outside. They can literally score from any place on the field at any single time. Uh, let's go. The <clears throat> trenches thing. I've, we we're big mm-hmm. on that. I have been big on that. That's why Oak City's had a lot a lot of successes. Those Correct. unsung guys, unsung heroes in the trenches. So that's where I I, I always start there. Lean on that. Watch uh watch a quarterback play uh, for Oak City. Um, I think I've he's gotten better and better and better each week. They're trusting his arm more. It'd Last be, week was a fine example of that, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It'd be interesting to see conditions, weather conditions. That's if it's true. a little bit rainy, if it's a little bit, if it's I mean, windy, it's going to be windy. I think that's a so you know that that I would think plays right into the Elks' hands with what they want to do. Uh, maybe disrupts maybe some of the things that John Marshall wants to do through the air. The, kick, kicking, go, yeah, the kicking game. Um, let's go scenarios. Let's real, real quick before we went because it's the only show in town tonight, at least on our uh, broadcasting airwaves or or internet. The the two small schools are tomorrow. So in four A one, the games this week: Elk City's hosting John Marshall. Woodward comes to Clinton. Chickasha is at Cash. Weatherford's done after their win over John Marshall last week. Weatherford is guaranteed in the playoffs, and I suppose Clinton is too. Because even if they were to lose, they would have tie-break advantages over either Chickasha or Cash due to head-to-head win. So Clinton's in as well. So we know the the, the I-40 teams, all three are there. We don't know what the order is going to be. So it's pretty simple for Weatherford. If Cash beats Chickasha, Weatherford's second. Because at that point, they would have the tie break head to head over both Cash and Clinton because they beat them head to head. Okay. Right. So if Cash beats Chickasha, Weatherford's second. If Chickasha beats Cash, Clinton takes care of Woodward. Then you've got a three way tie with those teams all have beaten each other Weatherford, Chickasha, and Clinton. Weatherford cannot fall to fourth because they're, they've got a big enough discrepancy in their district point lead over Chickasha. That third is as is as far as they can fall. Pro, I mean, just just looking at, at what's going on, I would assume they'll probably be third because Clinton is only seven behind them in the district point race, assuming a Chickasha win. So I think if you're Weatherford, you're rooting for Cash, Rez. to be second and get a home and get a home game, right? Yeah, they're rooting for Cash. And Weatherford's rooting for Chick- Chickasha. Rooting for- I'm sorry, Clinton is rooting for Chickasha, and Clinton has to beat Woodward by seven or more. Eight. They got to beat him by eight. Well, because the way it, they've been playing, that yeah. seems like a if they beat him by seven, formality. it would tie it would tie Weatherford in district points, and then it would go to head to head, and Weatherford beat Clinton. I, I think. Well, you, you don't know though because you don't know who's going to win Cash Chickasha. That that game is for a playoff spot. That that game is a toss up for me, isn't you? Yeah, I don't know who's going to win. Where's it at? It's at Cash. Three weeks ago, you'd say, well, oh, Chickasha will beat Cash. Fast forward now, I don't know. I don't know. So that's, that, that is the biggest game in the district is Chickasha at Cash because, for one, it knocks one of those teams out, brings one of those teams into the playoffs. 
but it also has so much it also affects the order of finish for everybody because think about this jared District 2 is such a mess that it's hard to even go through on the air. Like, you need an there abacus. There's a scenario for Newcastle, Newcastle to, to still win the I district. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a far-fetched one, but it is. But my point is this. Depending on what happens tonight, which I think a lot of those games are going to be tonight um, in District 2, I think probably all of them, because of the weather, it's a very, it's a very real possibility that in the first round of the playoffs, we get a rematch of last year's state title game with Clinton being on the road to Tuttle. At Tuttle. Yep. Isn't that cr- – I mean, that's just crazy to think about. Could be the other way around. Could Tuttle, if things shake out, could Tuttle I, I think there is Clinton? a way where – There's a scenario oh, there. I promise you, there, there's every scenario possible yeah. in District 2 because of the way that that thing is jumbled up right now. Man, sign me up. And then there's a real scenario for all those four teams in 4A2 to come out this way. Yeah, the, the, I mean, the most likely, most likely is either is Bethany or Newcastle. Bethany or Newcastle. Whoever loses that game. Whoever loses the, the Bethany-Newcastle game is more than likely coming out here next you know, week. You talk about toss-ups, that one is too for me because Newcastle and Tuttle played tight last week. We know about I mean, that, that district. We knew that, that going in was going to be incredibly competitive, and it has been. It's there lived up to the billing. The Tri-City area teams that are all rivals anyway. They all play anyway. Yeah. Now this year they're in the same district. Right. Throw in Bethany there just up the road. So real quick, just for some clarity for those who are still kind of wondering who plays when and why. Uh, tonight, Elk City, John Marshall, we know that for sure. We have confirmed Merritt is tomorrow. Yeah, Merritt's tomorrow. Also uh, Hollis and Turpin yeah. tomorrow. That's right. Uh, Clinton is tomorrow. They host Woodward tomorrow i th- I thought they were going to switch and change it up so just some local teams uh of interest that we know of but as far as our broadcast uh, responsibilities thursday tonight 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 elk city and john marshall merit tomorrow Mer- yeah merit tomorrow hollis, hollis tomorrow, tomorrow. Okay. so and here's the thing come on out set in the stands watch the big elks but if you're a little bit concerned about the weather if you're a little bit concerned about the rain and all that Head on down to Pedro's Mexican Grill. Pedro's Mexican Grill, 902 South Main, right here in Elk City. Pedro's is the official watch party headquarters of Big Elk and Paragon TV. And think of this, Jared. Tomorrow night, if you don't, uh, there's going to be football going. There's also going to be basketball going. If you want to see the tip-offs for some of those games, maybe you can talk them into watching. Question on the text line, what about Fairview? Yeah, Fairview's awesome. Uh, we had gotten a tip early, heck, before the season started. Watch out for Fairview possibly winning Class A. Uh, they're undefeated, number three. They've been number three basically the entire year. That's going to be, to me, just looking forward, Class A and Class 5A seem to be the two toughest, the, just with the most kind of intrigue as far as who is going to be able to, to come away with the gold ball. I think there's a lots of good teams in both of those um, both of those classifications. And I think their playoff runs are going to be a lot of fun. You know, I, I might be biased. I think 4A is, is that way too. I mean, you got Cushing, you got Elk, you got, you got Poto, Broken Bow. You got those 4A2 teams, mm-hmm. all four of those teams. I can Hilled see. Hilde Ada. Hilde Ada. I mean, shoot, does anybody want to see Clinton? They appear to have figured it out. So I, Weatherford, 
I mean, the one thing you hope for four A, and, and it, it's a question mark that will be answered. But as far as the entirety of the playoffs, yeah, it might be fun getting there. But is is Cushing just just way better? Way better. A little bit like Wagner two years ago. Sure. When you know the 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 run to the ti- the run to the title game was great, except for whoever Wagner played. And even in the finals, the way that I mean, they just I like the mid '90s when Ada would get Ada there a little year, bit, and then I mean that's how it was in Clinton in those it, early mid '90s games. Like, all right, we're at the state championship game against Ada. Oh, there's Brandon Daniels again. Yeah, Isn't there, that fun? There he goes. <laughs> but you know that that Wagner team had so many seniors on it. I mean, it was everybody. Yeah, the Cushing team is a lot like that. Yeah, and and for the you know the potential of a semifinal matchup of those two Elk City and Cushing. I mean, all that mo- all the motivation would be on the other side of the brown and white because of what happened around one last year up at Cushing. So that that would be – I mean, listen, everybody's going to have a hard road to get to the 4A final and to, and to hoist a gold ball because you're right, out, outside of maybe them, there's a lot of good teams. And what it feels like to me, a lot of pre-equally good teams, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. We'll see if they're – we'll just see if they're kind of everybody else's level or if, or if maybe they're just a cut above. Um, the, the, the scores would tell you it's a possibility they're cut above, but you never know. I know they're probably happy it's, as a pig and slot to be in District 3 this year instead of District yeah, 2. It's why you play the game. That's right. Because everybody, last year's 4A title Not game, Tuttle. thought it was Tuttle. And, and there comes Clinton. That's correct. It's no why you play it. the game. All right. Everybody have a great Thursday. Big Elk football tonight. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way.